0: Welcome to Fruitbox Fruitnet series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face in business today. My aim is that these 15 minute conversations twice every week give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. This week on Fruitbox, I'm focusing on the global produce business from the perspective of two of the fresh produce businesses' biggest companies. One has been a name, uh, a big name in our business for more than 70 years and is located in part of the world that's been exporting fresh fruit and vegetables all that time and more, while the other is a relative newcomer based in a part of the world that's emerged as a huge force in the business in the last 10 to 15 years. This week, my focus is on South Africa and Peru. Now, I talked the other day to Twinny Fuchs, the managing director of Capespan for the view from South Africa. Today on Fruitbox, I'm delighted to be joined by Jose Antonio Gomez, the managing director of Campus Sol, the Peruvian fresh produce giant that's headquartered in Lima and has operations in North America, Europe, and Asia, where it markets millions of boxes of avocados, blueberries, citrus, and much more. Jose Antonio, welcome to Fruitbox. Hello, Chris, how are you? Now, it's great to have you here, and you're talking to me down the line from Florida in the US, where you live and work. You head up what's uh, been one of the world's fastest growing businesses of the last decade, and all of that growth has come from the rapid expansion we've witnessed in Peru, the country where you're from. Camposol has become Peru's largest single supplier of avocados, blueberries, citrus, and a number of other lines.
1: Tell me more about this growth that you've gone through. Uh, Yes, Chris. Uh, First of all, I mean, Camposol started in Peru. Peru has a very uh, uh, important location. It's it's on the equatorial side, uh, but at the same time we have a Mediterranean type of weather that allow us to really produce uh, fruits and vegetables in the transition time between the northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere. So Camposol has taken take that advantage since the early days producing asparagus, uh, and then we jump into avocados and and, and blueberries. Uh, We saw the opportunity on the uh, North America market for avocados and the increase in consumption. Therefore, we uh, invest a lot on on farming in in Peru uh, back in 2008, 2009, where we planted uh, almost 2,000 hectares of of avocados. At then by the end of uh, that time, around 2011, we decided to expand into blueberries because we saw this trend of, you know, consumers looking for healthy and convenient fruit, and 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 we're running, you know, the wave of of those investments uh, up to now, and and now we're in the other phase of the business where uh, we have been able to vertically integrate the company into supermarkets and. and and distribution channels on on US, Europe and and Asia Mm. and now they're asking us to provide year-round supply so that's why we have expanded into Mm. Colombia Mm. uh, to provide a year-round avocados and also into Uruguay to produce uh, a longer uh, window for citrus. Mm. So now we're just going from being a Peruvian only to now multi-country sourcing Mm -hmm. and and this trend is going to continue I think uh, in the next uh, years uh, to try to focus on the year-round supply uh, for supermarkets. Yeah I I want to come to those
0: uh, elements in a moment but um, as you said I mean Peru's been on this astonishing journey and it's really been in the last in the last decade and the country's now become a real force on the world stage. You've spoken of the many natural advantages that Peru has, its climates, its soils, its access to water, its, its weather, uh, um, which is determined of course, by its geography, um, and, and, and you've also spoken to us about the work that you at Campusol and other companies of Peru have done to expand your sales ab- abroad. But, but the thing that always occurs to me is it, is it fair to say that Peru has kind of now reached its peak, um, perhaps, and what are the next steps for,
1: for Peru? Uh, I think Peru has a, a long way to go, Chris. Uh, perhaps it has reached peaks on certain commodities like uh, grapes and avocados and, and blueberries, but uh, uh, Peru has uh, a lot of land available, water, and and weather that really foster, you know, uh, any initiative to produce. Uh, uh, with higher yields and lower climate risks, mm. and, and in some cases, higher returns. So I think Peru is gonna, is gonna have a long way to go in terms of other products uh, that we're gonna start looking at. I think we fo- focus first on, on high profitable yields, but uh, now uh, we once those are, you know, uh, Produced to its maximum or not maximum, but you know to to a limit where you know returns could be compromised in terms of margins. Uh, I think we're going to start looking for other alternatives. Um, so I think Peru has a long way to go. Don't don't forget, Chris, that you know ninety uh, percent of the population live in the northern hemisphere, ten percent in the southern hemisphere, and 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 that area, the southern hemisphere, still keeps you know most of the arable land and fresh water resources on the planet so I think it's natural that the south is going to keep pumping more and more produce into the north because it's just natural to to, to, Mm -hmm. to do so.
0: You spoke a moment ago about um, your investments that you're making outside Peru, Uh, avocados in Colombia, you've invested in fresh citrus in, in Uruguay, um, so kind of where next? I mean,
1: I think you're looking at investments in China, too, aren't you? Uh, well, in China, we have invested in, in our distribution network. Uh, we have, uh, we started operations in 2018. And we have, you know, crafted a nice team of people that uh, is operating different uh, logistic platforms, third parties, most of them. But, um, but specifically in production? but in terms of plant planting in china yeah we we looked at uh avocados being one one option and and we are uh still you know analyzing you know what is the best way to to expand uh on that on that area but we we need to uh really we needed to uh stop a little bit on the other international expansion uh through you know uh or because of these uh Coronavirus uh, situation, no? mm-hmm. the fact that we cannot travel, the fact that you know uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, at least for this year, we are just holding on. You know, uh, all our expansion just concentrated basically in, in Colombia and Uruguay for for this year. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's all because of this wish to get a year-round supply of product. That's the driving
1: force, is it between behind these expansions? In uh, in both in both countries, it is it is. I mean, most supermarkets uh, that we serve, uh, they they are you know looking for a supplier that they can assign a distribution center uh, year round uh, and forget about looking for other suppliers. So uh, it, it comes really from them, no? That that, that they are, they're they're mm-hmm. asking us to to be present year round. Mm-hmm. Specifically, with our cows from blueberries. Um,
0: so this growth outside Peru, I, I imagine it's only going to accelerate in years to come. Uh, I know that you've been looking to, for some time to go public with a, with an initial public offering to go on as a as a public listed company. But to what extent does all this change in the character of your business? Um, how, how does it affect you? You're becoming kind of day by day less Peruvian as a company. does, does that worry you?
1: Yeah, we're not public right now. We have a, a bond, a, a bond outside that we are, or is trading on the stock exchange. That's why we, you know, we are releasing results. But I mean, I think public or not public, Camposol is being uh, with the same uh, corporate governance uh, philosophy. We're transparent on the results and and being, you know, very uh, focused on, on, on the results. So I will say, you know, public, no public, we, we, we manage the company uh, with, with the same uh, aim, that is, you know, be able to produce and supply uh, uh, healthy superfoods year round, uh, mainly focus on supermarket channels mm-hmm. and, and looking always for the, for the long return rather than, you know, the, the, the quarterly number.
0: Yeah, but the fact that you're a Peruvian company, I know that's always been important for you in many ways. Do you fear that that will change over time? Does that have any concern for you?
1: Well, we consider ourselves a Peruvian multinational. Okay. So that's like uh, Nestlé being a Switzerland uh, multinational. <laughs> I mean, quite quite different, but uh, yeah, we we see the company, you know, having multiple uh, distribution platforms in different continents and yeah. also multiple production platforms in, in different uh, countries and continents mm. now you don't need to tell me that this fresh fruit and vegetable business isn't easy it's
0: an expensive business to farm the margins are not always easy to create we all know and climate change makes our lives you know every year even more unpredictable and i haven't even mentioned uh, you know the covid crisis yet uh, does this growth path that you're on, does it mean that you're forcing yourself to reassess almost your attitude to risk, that you're becoming almost obliged to look at projects in parts of the world where perhaps the return on investment maybe needs to be even faster? Um,
1: what, do, what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, the risk profile of the agricultural sector, I think it's, it's been uh, very similar uh, in the last 100 years. It's pretty related to, to weather and, and and factors like labor and access to water. I think those are the main uh, drivers of, of risks. We we try to focus on areas uh, on production areas that uh, we can minimize those risks. We we can never eliminate those risks. It's just try to minimize those risks. Um, but at the same time, we have been able to develop distribution channels on our main markets. Uh, And that's also an initiative to uh, uh, really uh, spread the risk. Mm -hmm. Um, I I will say right now that uh, uh, Mm -hmm. over 90% of our production gets sold through our own commercial channels with our own brand. So Mm -hmm. that's something that uh, brings more uh, returns, higher returns Mm -hmm. uh, to overall business and also give us a platform that uh, uh, help us to reduce the risk uh, on, that, on, on, on that regard. So, I don't think um, coronavirus is one more thing to take in consideration. Definitely uh, more than the coronavirus itself, we're looking at the potential uh, economic impact on this pandemic, um, on consumption. Uh, we, uh, in the last, I uh, will say, two or three months, we have seen that consumption is there. That's a, a good, you know, indicator. The consumption keeps, you know, pulling healthy foods. Mm. Uh, so that reaffirms our uh, initiative, our, you know, projections, our uh, capex uh, to be placed on on, on, on production. Mm. Uh, so. I would say we just need to be a little bit more careful than before, uh, but by no means uh, we're gonna stop you know, growing. Uh, that's part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. Now, you were telling me earlier about how you see this coronavirus crisis. It's a, you said it's a tunnel that we're going through. Yeah, it, it is in fact a, a tunnel. It's a lot of people, You know, they, they see it at the beginning as, as a hole, a black hole that we're all gonna die. That's That's not true. I mean, this is a tunnel. It has an entry, it has an exit. Uh, China, I would say some countries in Europe, they already are looking at, at, at the end of the tunnel. Some countries maybe have already, you know, exit the tunnel. Mm-hmm. In Latin America, probably we're, you know, halfway in some countries. Uh, we still don't see, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're going to see it. Mm-hmm. And, and And what is important is what you get once you are into the tunnel, how you transform your company, how you focus on your cash flows, mm-hmm. how you focus on uh, you know the debt that you have as a company, how you structure your SGNA, how, you, uh, mm-hmm. how many SKUs you have, how much complexity you have inside of your company that the market doesn't really need and you think is bringing value, but in fact it's not, it's not uh, really capturing any value. So I think it's it's a transformational process in which uh, some companies are going to get out uh, with um, much more strength and perhaps it's going to be, you know, the opportunity for industry consolidation. I I will see that after this crisis, there are going to be a lot of assets out there that they're not going to have uh, the cash flow to keep operating and there are going to be other companies that are well prepared and they have, you know, healthy balance sheet. And they're going to be able to really, you know, consolidate and keep the most important, keep those operations running under different, you know, uh, p and But at the end of the day, you know, those farms and those people are going to keep, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and if we look then finally at the, at the three biggest markets, uh, Europe,
0: Asia, North America, how do you assess them? Um, and as this crisis that we've all been going through, has it adjusted your forecast for future growth in these three regions? Do you see in the same way today as you saw them at the start of this year? Uh, what, what,
1: if anything, has changed for you in, in, in uh, Europe, Asia, and North America? Yeah, look, uh, the, the first and, and most important for us, uh, I will say is uh, the North American market is the biggest market for us, then followed by Europe and finally by Asia. Um, uh, one of the, the the products that we were really worried about I was really worried about was Avocados with I thought you know Avocados was more related you know to um perhaps you know uh, fashionable or you know a certain group age type of consumption and, and 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 really what I learned is that the market slapped my face you know <laughs> any, anything that I thought before it was wrong I mean Avocado sales are through the roof in North America. Record sales in retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have never sold that many kilos. They have never sold that many dollars. Um, so that's incredible. And and I see that in Europe and Asia, trends on avocados keep going. Uh, they keep going, and that really actually reaffirms, you know, our uh, you know, vision of you know uh, betting on this on this particular product. So, if before I was convinced, I'm more convinced than ever right now that this <laughs> okay. this is for the long run. And uh, and same with blueberries. I mean, we are not really in, in uh, Peruvian Peruvian uh, season yet. We're we're about to start. Yeah. Um, but I see the consumption of blueberries in the middle of the northern hemisphere season, meaning, you know, North America mm-hmm. or Europe. And the consumption is there. I mean, the numbers are a record high, even, even with the fact that, you know, food service uh, is down. Mm-hmm. Uh, avocado sales in North America, just to put an example, normally around 40 percent on food service, 60 percent on retail. And the total volume that uh, the country is is consuming right now is, is, is higher than ever, even with one channel going down. So I think there's a lot of people that before they ate their avocado toast on a restaurant and they didn't have the confidence or they don't know how to prepare the avocado toast at home. But through this pandemic, they have learned. And perhaps that habit of using avocados at home is going to stick and it's going to stay. And perhaps that's going to help, you know, once the food service returns, is going to help to increase the consumption. So I think there's some positive out of this uh, crisis. Good. That's good to hear. Well, I, I need to confess that I've,
0: this COVID crisis has made me into an avocado consumer. I don't know why, but I never really used to buy them. I shouldn't tell you that, but now, now I buy them every time I go to the shop. So uh, there we are. I've done some good as well. Jose Antonio, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line from Florida by Jose Antonio Gomez, the Managing Director of Campus International. Jose Antonio, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome, Chris, anytime. Best of luck. Now, you can find today's conversation with Jose Antonio and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. I'm delighted to say that our audience continues to grow and many of you now tune into these conversations each and every week. It shows the great uh, strong interest that there is out there for the best insight at a moment of pretty momentous change uh, out there in the world. I've got more great guests like Jose Antonio coming on the show in the coming weeks. If you want to feature in a future episode, I've got some ideas of what we'd like to, me to talk about on Fruitbooks, then do drop me a line to my email, chris at You'll also know that Fruitbox is now on all the major podcast platforms. You can stream or download an episode to your phone or your tablet. And I would say when you finish listening, then perhaps you should start reading because all our magazines are now also on the phone and tablet too. They're free to download at Apple's App Store or at Google Play. All you need is a connection to the internet. So there's really no excuse not to download them right away. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.